0: Good evening, uh, this is the Voice of America in Washington. Welcome to another edition of Reporters Roundtable. I'm Douglas Simpuga. This evening we'll talk about Africa-China relations. And with us tonight is my colleague, Vincent Makori, managing editor, TV English to Africa, and Suleman Mugula, an independent political analyst based in Durban, South Africa. Gentlemen, uh, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. You're
0: very much welcome. As I say tonight, we're looking at China-Africa relations. Uh, African leaders praise China's contributions to their nation's infrastructure, highlighting visible improvements that contribute to expanded economic activity, job creation for local workers, and tangible improvements to roads, rails, bridges, and other transportation networks, all things that benefit ordinary citizens. Uh, if, uh, if indirectly, but some some on the continent, however, are critical of Chinese engagement. Labour unions, civil society groups, and other segments of African societies, criticize Chinese enterprises for poor labour conditions, unsustainable environmental practices, and job displacement. Of course, you can also add in good governance watchdogs who wonder that China negotiates and unfair deals, and take advantage of African governments relative weaknesses and, other, uh, for, and, uh, and, that, and that fosters corruption and wasteful um, decision-making. It's a big topic to talk about, but Africa-China relationship, China has been on the continent for a very long time and its, its influence is growing. Let me begin here with Vincent. Your general take on China-Africa relations.
1: It's as good, bad, what, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, to begin with, I always look at the imagery And one of the most important to me is when I see African leaders almost from the entire continent trooping to Beijing to be addressed by the Chinese Prime Minister. Uh, That tells you something. You know, one person, uh, he calls these fellows and they close, they stop their businesses and travel all the way to China to be given an address. Or a lecture. They, a lecture. <laughs> they do not go to China to have an equal uh, deliberation with the Chinese leader. Now, granted, China is a massive country. The population of China is about the same population of the entire continent of Africa. Uh, the other thing is you just look at, for example, the Africa Union headquarters in Addis Ababa, constructed by the Chinese, I'm told, managed by the Chinese. Uh, so a whole continent, the symbol of the continental unity is actually built by the Chinese and gifted to them by the Chinese. What does that tell you? First, it is a very an equal relationship. It's a very unequal relationship because China calls the shots. There's nothing wrong with having a relationship with China as a continent and as individual countries. The problem here is that China calls the shots. China determines the rules of the game. China decides what should be done and how it should be done. Now, for mm. better or worse, uh, the Africans, African countries, are so disadvantaged mm. because, uh, at the end of the day, there is this focus. This focus on how much infrastructure there uh, is being. Uh, uh, you know, constructed on the ground. It may have benefits, of course. It has benefits in so many respects. Uh, Or how much, um, uh, you know, how much China has helped some of the poorest countries to achieve, perhaps even in the area of education or health. The only and the biggest issue is what is the nature of this relationship? It's a one-sided relationship. Mm -hmm. It is a relationship where one country is in control of fifty-four countries and determines the rules of the game and determines the direction that this relationship takes. Now, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Suleiman your
2: take: uh, China is is now the 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 newest player on the continent. Maybe we can take it historical and say that. Uh, the scramble of Africa did not stop in 1884. The scramble has continued. Those who never participated in 1884 Berlin, they have sought ways to fa- find a foothold also on the continent. And after the end of the Cold War, there was a, a vacuum which was created and that vacuum China took the opportunity to fill it in, to also take a share of Africa. So, as this has said, China has come in, in a big way on the African continent, not as an equal partner. It does not seek to help Africa grow. It does not seek to help Africa get a better deal than it used to get during colonial rule. It is also seeking to get a share for its own interests. It wants to devolve. So those who think that China's here is Father Christmas, they are daydreaming. China's here in a big way to get a share of the raw materials, to get a share of the market. Like the imperial, like the colonials, like the scramble, they wanted, the, the big powers wanted uh, markets. They wanted sources of the raw materials. Even China still wants markets still wants sources of raw material. So any country where China is in on this continent, it has come to seek for raw materials, cheap, as cheap as it, it can get. It has come to get a market for its own goods. It wants to be the the most industrialized, the most powerful economy on this global earth, but it wants to develop its economy depending on where it gets the sources and the markets of its products. And Africa has provided itself. That is where it is rising. So, as recent has said, this is a paternalistic relationship. It is not an equal relationship where we are getting deals that will help us to develop Africa. Now, for almost a decade it has been on the continent. Ask yourself, has it made a difference from from the from the from the status quo which was there before it entered in big time from the colonial times what difference has it made we are still the continent is still the supply of raw material and it still consume the imported material it has not even helped countries to even add value to the commodities they still take them raw as they were being exported to german low as they were being exported to belgium Low as they are still, they are being exported to 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 Britain. So, yes, China has brought in money, but that money is there to help her own interest, her own economy. We, as a continent, we are secondary.
0: I see. Uh, you, you can't miss the. You can't. You can't dis- dismiss the fact that in many African countries, a bridge here, a road there. Some they have some projects the Chinese have done but what concerns most people is that the loans that China advances to Africa are not scrutinized and uh, some say they don't care whom they're dealing with so long as the leaders they agree
1: the government takes on the loan and the project goes on Yeah, this has been actually the biggest problem uh, since the beginning and that's why a great number of African citizens are actually champions of uh, China's involvement in Africa because Very few people got to reckon with the reality that uh, China does not uh, do Africa a favor. But actually, uh, China is doing business Mm -hmm. with Africa. Only that in this business, China determines what it wants and what it's getting. Now, what it gives you is like, uh, you know, you go to a bank today and the bank uh, gives you a loan and determines the interest rate. Mm -hmm. and, And you have no say in it. Now, they're not doing you a favor. You may go and take that loan and build your house, and the house looks so beautiful, Mm -hmm. but you have to pay back. And now, if the interest rate is too high, uh, it's not to your advantage. And if you're not able to pay back, they take back that house. So you really don't own that house until Mm -hmm. someday when you're able to pay. Mm -hmm. Most people on the continent of Africa don't realize that China has given loans to the continent loans that are of a very high interest rate that they have held some of those same uh, infrastructure development including ports as collateral Mm -hmm. that if those countries will not be able to pay those uh, China will take control of some of those Mm -hmm. infrastructure uh, projects uh, to use them to recover Mm -hmm. to recover their monies now, the other part is that in certain countries, they have signed deals, whether it is minerals in the Congo, uh, whereby they're actually extracting uh, minerals, raw, raw raw materials, as Mahoul um, has just pointed out, uh, where they, they're they supposed to pay back royalties to these countries. But when you consider how much they're taking and how much they're paying back, it is very little. So if you just focus on the some of the... Uh, progress that has been made if you focus on some of the benefits of the the infrastructure maybe I can give you a slight uh, just an analogy back Mm. to colonialism Mm -hmm. when the British and the French came to Africa they build cities, didn't they? They build roads. They build mm-hmm. the railway from yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Mombasa. Do you think they build the railway from Mombasa to... Uh, to? Uh, in
0: Uganda. Cases in Uganda but, because
1: yes. they wanted us to have an amazing <laughs> no, journey across, take, take across the country. <laughs> no, that was meant to take their, their goods from there to the port of Mombasa and yeah. transport it across. Yes. The cities they build, they build for their own benefits. Now, we have, we could say oh, we did benefit from those developments because when we gained our independence, mm-hmm. we still we had roads and railway lines and mm-hmm. infrastructure, but it still remained that those were colonial mm-hmm. m- rulers, mm-hmm. and whatever they did, they did it on their terms. Yes. So we can't just focus on some of the benefits that we're getting. We have to look at the totality of this relationship and the cost of it, at the cost of it, short-term, and long term is so unbalanced in that we we may f- see some gains but we are paying much much more mm-hmm. for those gains that you know then then will benefit the continent in the long term mm-hmm. these developments are not favors these developments are mm-hmm. not for free these developments are not to be given as credit to china because mm-hmm. china is charging the continent for whatever you see happening uh in, in terms of infrastructure infrastructure development it is charging you today it will charge you tomorrow mm-hmm. and will continue charging the continent for a long long time
0: I see well if you're, if you're just joining us you're listening to reporters around the table we are coming to you from the voice of America in Washington tonight we are discussing the China Africa relations and what it means for the people there. My um, power panelists are my colleague, Vincent McCorry, managing editor at ETV English to Africa, and uh, Suleiman Mugula, an independent political analyst based in Durban, South Africa, and I'm your host, Douglas Simpoga. Now, uh, Suleiman, you had recently mentioned yeah. that, that unequal uh, power dynamic, mm. but then there are those who blame African leaders and uh, say China's assistance, so if you want to call it that, or, development partnership has encouraged a lot of corruption on the continent because, for them, they don't care whom they're dealing with, so long as you agree to your terms, the deal is through.
2: That is why the, the continent is restless, especially the young people under the patriotic li- uh, uh, leaders on the continent, that uh, the Chinese don't care, they just want these deals to go through. How do you give countries loans when the countries are not democratic, when there is no consensus within the country? You'll find that most of the countries are highly indebted. There is a need for a discussion, let's say there is a need for a debate in parliament to discuss whether that loan is necessary, whether that bridge is necessary, whether that soccer stadium is necessary. It is not a question of agreeing between the leader and the Chinese uh, lenders. There should be a consensus, and that is the concern of the African people, very serious concern, that the the sugar-coated loans from China are blindfolding the the people of Africa. They are taking loans which are unnecessary. What kind of loans should the continent take? They should take loans which are going to improve the the production capacity of the country, which are going to improve the economy of the country, so that even the country can be able to pay up the, the debts which it is taking. You find they just give... A loans anyhow, and at the end of the day, the country has not even created the capacity to grow the economy, to be able to pay the very loans which they are giving. And of late, the uh, Zambia has had problems, Angola, they have had problems. I mean, many countries now are getting problems with these excessive loans which they have got from Chinese, and they are facing problems, they are failing to pay this, and the Chinese are jumping in. As the center said, they have to grab any collateral which you gave them. So as the center said, the most important part here is that there has to be scrutiny of the loans which are being given. There cannot be scrutiny of the loans so long as the Chinese have decided to deal with the undemocratic governments. The governments which do not give the people to scrutinize the the, the the running of their economies, which don't give the people the chance to participate in the running of the government and in scrutinizing whatever deals, their government should be dealing, should be uh, engaged in. So in such a situation, the countries are being given a burden which has to be paid, whether we like it or not. So that is why... The African people should be concerned. It's a very, very, very serious issue, Douglas.
0: I see, but Vicent uh to, to that point, what a what a, what a great blessing for the African uh, dictators and what? Because now they don't have to account for anything. They just run to China, want so many billions for this thing, and they get.
1: You know, you have to say that. Uh, it's all about uh, what a leadership thinks about their people and the future. Mm-hmm. If the leadership is thinking about the future of their country, the uh, you think about posterity, you'll be concerned about what's happening today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now when they uh, any leader is more focused on uh, his short-term goal of becoming. Wealthy or perhaps impressing the citizens with certain you know amounts of uh, uh infrastructural developments uh, of course you 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 would see that um, the bad leadership will continue, but they can always point to the fact that they've built a road here or mm-hmm. a bridge there mm-hmm. and 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 this tells you a lot about what this the leadership is thinking about the citizens because uh, at the end of the day. What counts really is about what will be the state of affairs of every, any country 10, 20, 30, 40, even 50 years from now. So the deals we are seeing on the continent today, they sh- in the short term, may be so sweet to the current leaders. Uh, they may use them to make uh, a case for how much they have helped the country to develop. They may make those as references to their good leadership. Uh, but the truth is, once they are out of the picture some of them five years from now, some ten years from now, the country's youth, the country's next generations are going to be dealing with the burden of debt. They're going to be dealing with uh, perhaps uh, even an inability to be in control of their own countries uh, because of the mistakes that were made today. It is so sad, really, that none of the African countries has the capacity to really negotiate uh, with the, with China as things stand now, mm. but rather just take it as mm. it has been given mm. and, 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 and leave it as a, a burden for the future to deal with. Because that's what we are seeing. What's happening today on the continent uh, is yeah. going to be a burden for future generations, whether they be governments or even just the ordinary Mm. citizens of those countries. I see. Uh,
2: Douglas, let's let's put it this way, Douglas, Uh just to intervene. Let's put it the other way around. We are saying for the last decade, China has been pouring money in all the various countries in Africa. And we are saying if the loans which they have given to the various African countries have not added value on the exports of those countries, If the loans which they have given have not added the value to increase, to improve the balance of trade of those particular countries, if those loans have not added the value to make agricultural production in the various countries better, then what is the use of those loans?
0: I see. Well, uh, I I think what you're saying, both of you, uh, hasn't gone unnoticed on the continent because as some uh, human rights groups, uh, uh, good governance, watchdogs have said, they view China that uh, is a country that perpetuates a neocolonial relationship in which Africa exports raw materials, China in exchange sure. for, ma- for man- manufactured goods. And some countries, yeah. resentment actually at Chinese business practices has led to popular protests and violence against Chinese businessmen and migrants. Do you think, Vicent, that the people... Have have gotten
1: have have can see through this? I mean, there are some who can see through. You know, we have different categories of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, unfortunately, a majority of the people don't see through this. They don't see because they are focusing on uh, uh, the what they can see in front of them. Mm-hmm. So, a person in Kenya. Uh, maybe more inclined to railway. champion the railway mm. and see how uh, convenient it has become, mm. or they may see these new highways mm. and uh, th- Of course, it's good. Uh, who doesn't want to be mm. to get onto the train mm-hmm. and uh, five hours later from Nairobi is in Mombasa. Who yeah. doesn't want to get on a road and, and, and it's so well tarmacked and uh. so beautiful? Uh, but it's all a question of uh, like what I mentioned. Somebody may see you constructing or you've constructed a beautiful looking house. Mm. Now, if that house was is a you know you built it on a loan mm. that it's very predatory it loan exactly, <laughs> uh, it, it may not be as sweet yeah. tomorrow yeah. when when you have to pay it back. Uh. Uh, but then the onlookers or some of your relatives who come and visit you and sit in there, yeah. uh, they really might enjoy it. It's yeah. like wow, our uncle, our son, our yeah. cousin, he's uh. doing fantastic. Uh, the truth is that perhaps. Two or five years from now, ten years from now, you might be losing that house. Mm. Or it may be a very painful experience for you Mm. trying to pay back. And that is where the problem is. A great number of uh, citizens don't know the details. Mm. In fact, let me tell you this. There are so many people in Africa who thought and who still think that China has given these things to Africa. For free. China has given mm. us the mm. money, has given us roads and railways for free. Mm. They just think so. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, Sir Douglas, Douglas mm-hmm. little
2: one. In this COVID crisis, one would have expected China, if he really had a, um, had a heart for Africa, to capacitate Africa at least to help herself. But just not. China, China's um, companies were ready even to pour as many face masks, as many as possible, to the poor countries in Africa. All the PEEs had to be manufactured in China and have to be brought. Even sanitizers. There is no single company in China which could say it is going to capacitate a particular country so that it produces itself sanitizer or a face mask. What? How much does it take to make a face mask? But when you go on the streets of Africa, you find so many face masks imported <laughs> from China. That shows you the relationship which China has. China still wants Africa to be a market for her goods, not that it is there to help Africa grow our economies. I don't think that is the case.
0: All right. As we conclude, uh, Vicent, i got both both of you uh, so there are those who say that China has managed to muscle out to the Western world. You know, yes. it, it has oh. put a, a strong foothold on the continent. How do you see this China Africa relationship ending
1: or going? Well, uh, the, the truth is that uh, right now the US and the Europeans are really scrambling to get their foothold again mm. back to Africa because they took it for granted for a long time that mm. they have it. Mm. Uh, because of, uh, especially for Europe, uh, this is a uh, You know, there's a past history of colonialism Mm -hmm. and the U.S. being a a superpower over the years. Mm. It also had made inroads to Africa. The truth is China came, caught them flat-footed, and today they're on a race to catch up. Uh, The truth is the relationship with uh, between china and africa is going to grow stronger mm-hmm. and stronger mm-hmm. and uh, it's not easy to extricate africa from china because of the so uh, the long immediate term. benefits that they've mm-hmm. seen and the mm-hmm. long term mm-hmm. uh, kind of uh, commitments. commitments that mm-hmm. they've made mm-hmm. so this is going to be a challenge but it's going to exist for a long time i don't see uh, the relationship weakening it's only getting stronger and uh, as long as it has that, approach uh, approaches what it is today, uh, China is not going to relent. Uh, the rest of the world is going to be stram- scrambling, mm. uh, and, and it will almost be one step or two steps behind China. Uh, Suleiman, so, what do you think? Where do you see the, see the relationship heading to?
2: It is a battle, Douglas and Vicent, because Europe cannot exist without the Gabonese forests. Without the Gini, the geni forests, without the forests of Congo, without the minerals in Congo, so China has come full speed, but Europe will struggle to, to get a foothold because Africa is needed. The cheap raw materials in Africa, the forests the minerals the 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 oil all are required by Europe, so it is going to be a tussle. The scramble is going to continue. God knows who will win, but even Europe will not let it down. I
0: uh, did uh, briefly before we go in, in the last few seconds left. Mm-hmm. Is there and is there a way if Africa some
1: countries change leadership and they had people input that things would change? Very uh, briefly, uh, it's very hard. We saw some le- some semblance of that in Tanzania. Mm-hmm. Uh, Magufuli yes. actually tried yes. to put his foot down and say. We need Mm. to negotiate, Mm. but it needs a bit more than that. It needs the continent to Mm. have a recognition that they have something to offer, that even China can be brought to a negotiating table. But the problem is that Mm. a great number of leaders Mm. think that the continent is a hopeless continent that just needs to be given. And therefore, uh, when the China China mm. comes, you just say, mm. yes, sir, mm-hmm. instead of saying, no, let's talk. Mm-hmm. These are our minerals. Mm-hmm. These are our resources. Let's mm-hmm. negotiate here. Mm-hmm. It could take a number of uh, magufulis, perhaps, across the continent.
0: Yeah. Yes or no, Suleiman? Yes, yes or no?
2: Yes, 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 yes. The yeah. magufuli example was very, very good. If we could only get about five leaders like Magafuli, maybe the situation could change. But unfortunately, we don't have i
0: see uh i think we lost the there but uh unfortunately given that we're out of time that wraps up this edition thank you, thank you very much reporters roundtable thanks to my colleague within Macquarie, a managing editor at tv in to africa and suleman Mugula, an independent political analyst based in Durban south africa uh gentlemen thanks a lot for being on the show thank you thank You very much welcome we're back again next week with another edition of reporters roundtable and until then, I wish you all the best, and I'm Douglas Impulga in Washington.
1: Hello, I'm Carol Castiel. What's behind Russia's unprovoked military buildup along Ukraine's borders? Is Russian President Vladimir Putin worried that Ukraine's affinity with the West and desire to adhere to the rule of law threaten his autocratic rule? We'll ask our guest, Bill Taylor, former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, now vice president at the U.S. Institute of
0: Peace.
2: That's Press Conference USA this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America.
0: I'm Kim Lewis. Join me and a panel of journalists as we discuss the top stories of the week, including Americans are increasingly frustrated over long lines to get tested for COVID-19 and a shortage of testing kits for use at home. We'll have this topic and more on Issues in the News this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Hello, this is James Button, Managing Editor and host of VOA's Daybreak Africa show. Join us Monday through Friday at 03, 04, 05, and 0600 hours UTC as we bring you the latest Africa news, features, and sports. You can also be a part of Daybreak Africa through our mail segment by sending your comments to daybreakafrica at voanews.com. You can call us on 001-202-205-9942. And when you hear the Voice of America identification, press the number 25 to leave us your message. That's Daybreak Africa at 03, 04, 05, and 0600 hours UTC right here on VO.